When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Good to be back. It's a Thursday edition of Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Lots to get into today, and we also want to hear from you. Uh, we'll give you the ways that you can reach the show here in a second. It's Elijah Herbal sitting in alongside Damon Barr as Chris Schmidt is out on vacation down in the great and warm state of Arizona, uh, visiting his mother and uh, mostly golfing. So... Um, no Chris, no problem. As uh, Damon Barr and I are handling the show today, you can find us and follow us on Twitter um, at Herbal Essences for me. That's Elijah Herbal, and at Damon Barr for Damon Barr. And don't forget, Damon already knows what's what's coming here. Is the the bar has two R's in it? Damon Barr with two R's. Um, not that like that. You get what I'm saying? Damon Barr with two R's at the end of the bar. No. No, I was going to say, uh, Chris going to Arizona, he didn't exactly take the cold with him. He must have left it somewhere on an airplane, though, because as soon as he leaves, we have a beautiful days right in a row, so can't complain. Yeah, I was talking about this a little bit yesterday. Um, Tuesday, you were in, I had the day off, and I went and shoveled out a basketball court just because like there was still snow down, it was just a mess, and I was thinking, like, you know, if I get this court shoveled off, like, it'll be just beautiful playing weather for Saturday whenever it's like 55 degrees. Um, the, the only thing is, which really, really terrifies me, is you look at March 1st, and March 1st is supposed to be 55 degrees and sunny, which, I mean, that sounds nice, but the old adage is, march in like a lion, out like a lamb, and this sounds like the textbook definition of in like a lion, or in like a lamb, out like a lion, would, would make me think, so I'm thinking maybe we get some some brutal tornadoes coming through Lincoln, God forbid, but, I mean, 55 degrees and sunny after the weather we had two weeks ago just makes me think we're going to have a brutal end of March. I think winter winter is not coming anymore. I think it's over. You think so? I think winter might be facing its last little last little attempt here as we get into March, hopefully. If I know anything about Lincoln, I know we're going to get a rain day in like April it'll, where it drops down to 10 degrees we'll and dumps four inches on us. blizzard in April for sure. <laughs> That's just how Lincoln weather goes. Uh, that's Damon Barr, Elijah Herbal. We're in today until, uh, I guess we're in tomorrow as well and Saturday morning. So we got the next three shows before Chris is back Sunday. And we got a fun show planned today as we got Parker Gabriel coming up here in about 15 minutes. Uh, we're going to get into the story that he uh, wrote earlier today about the Huskers playing in Dublin in 2022, now the 2021 game has been canceled. Uh, some rumors flying around about that. We'll get into that here in a second. We also have next hour, Brandon Vogel coming up top of the next hour. It's the 5 o'clock hour. And a little bit later in the 5 o'clock hour, Andy Markowski, the pride of Ord, former Husker basketball player, current assistant for the Pius girls team who uh, 
they have hit their form, their stride at the right time. Uh, they are absolutely blowing some teams out right now. Excited to get caught up with Andy, talk a little Nebraska-Illinois coming up tonight. We also have the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke, in hour two, as we're going to get Danny Burke's best bets for the weekend. Uh, looking forward to that, seeing what he thinks about this Nebraska-Illinois game. I know uh, Io DeSunmo is out with a broken nose tonight, suffered that in the loss to Michigan State. He will not be playing in one of Illinois' two best players. A lot of people are calling him the best player. Um, I would tend to agree with that. Uh, I, I think Kofi Coburn is their most dominant player, which is kind of a, a different definition than best player. But Ayo Desunmo, their best player, out tonight. We'll get into Nebraska basketball a little bit later in this hour. And Chris has also left us the gift uh, of a chat with Deb the Spa Lady. Um, I'm usually not in on Thursday, so I haven't... I haven't heard or talked to Deb in a while, um, but Chris down in Arizona recorded that segment for us and gave it to us uh, as a present. He left us uh, with the uh, the jock talk yesterday. Today he leaves us Deb the spy lady, so Chris just leaving us little gifts uh, from his trip in Arizona. It's not as good as a souvenir, though. Like, I- I'd love a nice... Like, well, you got to wait for him to get back to bring a souvenir, Elijah. What souvenirs are there in Arizona? Like, like, like if, like, someone goes to Hawaii, you want them to bring me back, like, Something cool in Hawaii, a nice lay or something. But with Arizona, I mean, he can bring you back a golf ball, maybe. The heat. A, a vodka lemonade. <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into some Husker news, though. As the Huskers 2021 game in Dublin has been canceled, obviously moved to Champaign, Illinois. But the Huskers still working to get a game in 2022. Uh, this from Parker Gabriel and Steve Sipple of the Journal Star. Uh, they have heard from multiple sources that the Huskers are working to travel to Illinois for that same Aer Lingus Classic game in Dublin, but instead of 2021, it's going to be in 2022. Uh, one day earlier, this uh, this game this year was supposed to be August 28th, 2021. Next year, you know how how years work with Saturdays and, you know, you understand how calendars work. August 27th, 2022, uh, looking to play Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. Bill Moose uh, said that no plans have been finalized uh, when he was reached for comment, but he did say it is something we're interested in if the opportunity presents itself. So nothing uh, too out of this world there, response from Bill Moose. Not much you can read into there, but we're going to chat with Parker Gabriel in about 10 minutes about what he's been hearing about this game. Personally, perfect. Perfect. Um, And and my big reason I, I am happy with this is it gives Scott Frost another year to put his Husker football team on a national platform, such as an opening weekend, week zero college football game in Dublin. All eyes are going to be on that game. Uh, I'd even assume you're going to have some sort of college game day uh, experience out in Dublin because just like Chris wants to go to Dublin to to experience it, you don't get many college football games in Dublin. Uh, I know that some national media crews are also going to want to take a trip out to Dublin and it's before the college football season officially gets underway. Uh, So you get into a pretty busy 14 weeks for the national writers and people like that. So I wouldn't be shocked to see some sort of college game day, ESPN uh, or Fox, what have you, uh, make the trip out to Dublin to cover that, which makes me happy that Scott Frost is going to be getting another year because I think what we can all see from this past year is that this team, though getting better, is still not ready for the national spotlight. The football team got the national spotlight when college game day came to town against Ohio, and what did they do? They laid an egg. Ohio State, I should say. But they absolutely laid an egg against Ohio State in that game. And that was a very good Ohio State team. I should give that Ohio State team credit. Not like that Nebraska football team was Mike Riley level bad uh, 
in that game, but obviously outclassed by a very, very, very good Ohio State team. I don't think that that same embarrassment would have been coming in 2021 had the Huskers played in Dublin. This is an Illinois team uh, that would be playing with a new head coach and actually will be playing with a new head coach when Nebraska takes them on uh, in 2021, but it won't be in Dublin. But first-year head coach, not to mention with a week zero game, you have one less week of practice for this team to prepare. Uh, You remember Nebraska early in the season, Scott Frost's first year, even though they had an extra week to prepare uh, for a team like Colorado. Didn't matter. You still just have kinks that you got to work out that you can only work out through playing in games. So I think Nebraska's chances against Illinois and Dublin would have been good. That being said, though, after watching Nebraska football for the past five years, I still have no confidence that that I am right in this and that they are not going to go lay an egg because I had confidence this year whenever they took on Illinois. And what they do? They went and laid an egg. I've said that a lot, but that's just been what the Husker football team has, has had a tendency to do in the past five years. So you look ahead to 2022, and, and the rumored opponent on the schedule is Northwestern. Northwestern plays Nebraska very tight. It almost feels like no matter what. Since Nebraska's been in the Big Ten, I can't remember a game where it's felt like either team has run away with it. Even when Nebraska had the lead pretty good in, uh, in the Bo Pelini years, up by 14 points, what have you, never felt like Northwestern, never felt like you could count them out. And last year, whenever Nebraska's offense could do nothing against Northwestern, Northwestern clearly the better team last year. I never counted Nebraska out in that game. These teams love to play it close. I think that would be a very, very exciting for national television for a week zero matchup. Damon, whatever you're looking at this, I, I mean, I personally am not that disappointed uh, that this game has been moved back a year because looking at my bank account, I was not going to be able to afford a trip out to Dublin. I wasn't going to be able to afford the flight and the hotel and the game ticket to go see the Huskers uh, this year. So does it really change that much for me? No, because I personally don't think that that's going to be in the cards for me in 2022 either. But I'm sure there are listeners out there um, who were planning on making the trip out to Dublin, and now they've had to have their, their, their plans postponed for a year. But I think it could be worth it. I think the Huskers could be getting a much better uh, game come 2022 against Northwestern, not to mention I think the Huskers are going to be better come 2022. I, I definitely love what you say about just the, the game will be – it'll be a quality football game mm-hmm. if we play Northwestern. Uh, Illinois, I know um, 20, was it 2019, that was a really close shootout. This last year, not so much uh, offense for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So maybe I wouldn't want to see as much of an Illinois team as I would a Northwestern team in Dublin. And there's one thing that I'm going to ask Parker about when we have him on the show. But I I wonder, because if the Huskers and uh, Northwestern uh, played in Dublin, Week zero, it would it would kind of mess up a little bit of the schedule that's already set for for kind of both teams going to Dublin, coming back, having one week of rest. I don't know if this is just like total conspiracy about the Big Ten hating Nebraska. Oh, we're going there. We're, we're going there. We're early in the show to get into Big Ten conspiracy theories. <laughs> just to roll back on everything that happened in 2020, do you think the Big Ten might have a problem with say? Um, doing this after it's been canceled. I don't th- feel like they would, but it's kind of in the back of my mind, like, do they want to r- mess up the schedule they have set? I mean, I mean, it's just a thought. It'd be good to get Parker's thoughts on that, but I, I see this as a way to push the Big Ten brand out there. I think this is great for the Big Ten. But I think in, in order for it to be great for the Big Ten, this Nebraska team's got to get a lot better. Because against Illinois, if you win, okay, you beat Illinois. Cool. Who in the national landscape is going to care that Nebraska beat Illinois? Nebraska should beat Illinois. 
Nebraska loses to Illinois, that is one of the most embarrassing opening weeks Nebraska's had. I mean, you can't really count Colorado because that wasn't technically an opening week. That one wasn't much fun, but it was Scott Frost's first game at Nebraska. I don't think people around the country were too surprised by that. Scott Frost in year four, losing to Illinois with a new head coach in week one on national TV in Dublin. That's an awful, awful, it was low, low reward, high risk. High risk, low reward, however you want to say it. Whereas now, you get another year to develop your team. And you can take on a, a Northwestern team that's been in the that chase for the Big Ten West every year the past five years. Uh, exception of uh, 2018. 20, or excuse me, 2019. 2019 was one down year in there. But 2016, 2017, 2018, 2020, this Northwestern team has always been in the hunt for a Big Ten West title. Nebraska's going to get their shot at them in week zero. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, rumor has it, I should say. Nebraska is going to get them in uh, 2022, and, and this has been the rumor for since the game was canceled, even before the game was canceled, that Nebraska Northwestern 2022 could be an option. Um, but w- what I'm looking for is can Nebraska get some sort of program changing player in the next year? Can we see that? Can we see a player who develops as the guy you can think, man, this guy could be a guy that changes the fortunes of Nebraska football? We had two guys that I think a lot of Husker fans thought was the guy, or one of the guys, transfer out of the program this year in Wandale Robinson and Luke McCaffrey. When Luke McCaffrey committed here, when people saw him play uh, against Iowa in 2019, when they saw him against Penn State in 2020, people said, ah, there's our quarterback. There's the guy we can build our team around, and turns out, not the case. Same with Wandale Robinson and his recruitment. Everyone thought, wow, this guy's high four-star, or you could be made for a five-star. Look at what Rondale Moore is doing at Purdue. This is going to be our Rondale Moore. We're going to change the game with this one. Well, didn't work out like that. When we talked about what we talked about in recruiting the past week, which is Nebraska can't get these high-quality in-state recruits until they start winning games. But then again, you can't win games without these high-profile in-state recruits. You got to have somebody or a couple guys that can change the fortunes of your program. Some of these guys that are mid three stars, high three stars, low four stars that come in and outplay their expectations. Who could that guy be? Andy Staples had a, had a piece in The Athletic uh, posted this morning where he ranked some of the top program changers across the last 30 years of college football. Top of his list was Reggie Bush. Uh, I don't think anyone can argue this one. Reggie Bush was a program changer for USC. USC had success, the O.J. Simpson years, 70s, 80s, 60s. But it's hard to maintain that winning success in Los Angeles whenever you're not the top draw. A lot of other things you can go do in L.A. besides go watch USC football. A lot of other places these West Coast kids can go besides staying on the West Coast. They can go to the SEC, best conference in college football. You can go to the Big Ten, the most physical conference in college football. But Reggie Bush went to USC um, with some, uh, some monetary assistance from some boosters at USC, but you can't deny a couple happy meals that he had a couple happy meals. Thanks. McDonald's can't deny he changed the program. Looking down further than the list, you got Alex Smith in Utah, Ladanian Tomlinson at TCU. If Ladanian Tomlinson didn't go to TCU and really put their program on the map, you can make the argument that they wouldn't be in the big 12 nowadays. We got Pete on the line. We got Pete on the line. Uh, I'm going to finish off this list before we get to you, Pete, um, because there's an interesting one at number five, and that's Pat Fitzgerald. He uh, was a great linebacker for Northwestern and has now also changed the fortunes through his coaching, so that's 
a, a little bit of a, of a cheat there. But, but Pat, thanks for calling the show. We only got about a minute here before we got to go to break. Uh, what do you got? I guess, I guess my point of view, it doesn't matter. You talk about a game changer. The biggest game changer is no turnovers or don't turn the ball over. Mm. And special teams, if we just fix those two, it's a whole different ball game. So instead of a player, we just need to stop turning the ball over and doing stupid things. P, I, I mean, you're 100% right. Nebraska's been shooting themselves in the foot too much. And even whenever you have a guy on the offense that pops, a guy in the defense that pops, it doesn't matter whenever you're turning the ball over. That's great. Thanks for uh, thanks for the call, Pete. So, Pete thinks maybe we don't need a program changer to to bring himself to light for Nebraska football. I think we do. I think you need one or two guys. I mean, I look back to the Bo Pelini era. You had Indomitian Sue. He really changed the fortunes of that Nebraska defense and kind of put Nebraska on the map. Could that guy be Thomas Fedoni for Nebraska? Could it be a guy like Samari Toure? I don't know. We'll see as we get through spring practice. Parker Gabriel next on Hale Varsity Radio. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! It's Thursday here on Hale Varsity Radio. Elijah Herbal alongside Damon Barr filling in as Chris Schmidt is down swinging the clubs in Arizona. Very jealous, very jealous, but looking outside, weather ain't too much worse here than it is in Arizona. Excited now to welcome in uh, a writer for the Lincoln Journal Star covering Nebraska Athletics, one of the best to do it. It's Parker Gabriel. You can find him and follow him on Twitter at HuskerExtraPG. Parker, how are you enjoying this uh, this warm weather? Oh, it's, uh, it's great, isn't it, guys? I mean, it's not quite Arizona, but it's not too bad. Not too bad is right. I think we just need a little bit more of this snow to melt away. I'm just wondering how long it's going to be till these giant snow mounds in the parking lots are finally gone. Like, there's got to be some sort of betting prop somewhere where I can give like a day that's going to be gone. I, maybe I'm just addicted to betting at this point. I don't know. Yeah, that you, you, it's going to take a little bit more. Although it's going to be, I think, I think we're looking at solidly above freezing temperatures here going forward. So a few more days though, I, I can. I'm looking out the window. I can see some pretty sizable ones still out there. Yeah, well, Parker, it's uh, it's exciting Husker football news today. Uh, you wrote about this in the Journal Star, and that's the rumor is that Nebraska will be playing Northwestern come 2022. Nothing officially announced, nothing uh, in ink at the moment, but this is the rumor that we heard uh, whenever this Nebraska-Illinois game was moved back to Champaign a couple weeks ago. Um, now you, you've released this story saying Nebraska-Northwestern come 2022? Yeah, so that's the way it's moving. Like you say, it's not finalized yet. Um, and this, we're talking about replacing the game uh, that was, you know, Nebraska was going to play in Dublin, Ireland. And so, yeah, they're, they're definitely in conversations with it. Um, it sounds like, you know, Bill Moose said nothing's done yet. Um, he, he definitely indicated that Nebraska is interested in doing it. Obviously, um, you know, they were, they were set to, to go play there uh, this fall or this summer. That's not happening. So, uh, yeah, and Northwestern is the is the opponent that, that we've heard about. It, it's gonna, you know, in order for the eyes to get dotted and the T's to get crossed and for it to be finalized and announced, it's gonna take some some shuffling because you know they're supposed to play uh, in 2022, I think, in early October in Evanston, and so um, you know both teams have Week One games, and so th- there's some moving pieces still, but um, our our reporting is that it's moving toward being finalized and. Um, John Anthony, who's involved in, in um, organizing, is the founder of Anthony Travel and, and has a big hand in this whole thing. 
um, all he would say was that um, they're hoping to announce the 2022 game in the next month or two. So uh, we'll see if, if uh, Nebraska can get it nailed down. And, and if so, you know, you're looking at somewhere, um, you know, late, late March or early April in terms of an announcement date. Now, do we know if the, the people who, who bought their packages early on when this game was first announced, do we know if that would then transfer to 2022 or is that something that's still way further down the road? Yeah, I think that's still up in the air. I mean, the, the recommendation since the game was canceled is for people to go ahead and, and get their refunds, you know, and everyone, I think, who it depends a little bit on exactly how you booked your trip. But um, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's not not my place to, like, give advice on that, I guess. But my, my understanding is that instructions went out for people that had bought packages for 2021 um, to, to get a refund. And so I think it's probably more along the lines of, of, you know, you get refunded and then you figure out uh, if you want to go back if it gets rescheduled. Because I don't think, I think that that process is already underway for a lot of people, the refund process. And so, you know, this thing, we think it's going to happen. We wouldn't have reported it uh, if we didn't think it was moving that way. But um, it's going to be a little while yet for the games now. So I think, I don't know, maybe there'll be some rollover, but I think it's sort of two separate things for now. Parker Gabriel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking about rumored 2022 Nebraska Northwestern game in Dublin. Parker, uh, you're right about how Anthony Travel um, clearly likes Nebraska for this game. They love Nebraska fans and how they buy their tickets. Um, I'm, I'm wondering about the Big Ten here because if we were to play this game, schedules would have to be shuffled around. D- does the Big Ten love this game as much as the, the people that are putting it on? Well, enough to, enough to, you know, move the schedules around to get Nebraska and Illinois there um, in 2021. I mean, I think the, the thing about this, this Aer Lingus Classic is that it's, it's a relatively new, you know, the, the idea of playing it every year is relatively new. And so, you know, we haven't actually been able to see it in action for a little bit here. I mean, the, the, the game that was supposed to be um, this year was going to be Notre Dame and Navy. Um, and obviously that got moved. I think, you know, the Big Ten's clearly willing, uh, a willing participant in the fact that, you know, Nebraska and Illinois were going to open the Big Ten season there last year. Um, I think the week zero exposure is good for everybody. Um, the Big Ten's never going to complain about teams playing, uh, you know, on week zero. And then the other thing is, you know, that there's still, you remember a few weeks ago, the Big Ten shuffled the 2021 schedule. And part of that was because of the way that, um, you know, games that got moved around for this past year. And that's still, you know, right now, if you look at the 2022 schedule right now, it's you're going to run into the same issue of, okay, so now is Nebraska going to play Wisconsin in the same location twice? Are they going to play Purdue in the same location twice? And so, you know, it's not quite the same shuffle that's needed, but I think there's enough time that I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Big Ten's willing to move some games around, put it that way. I mean, you know, you want you, you want that to work for other teams, too. Um, but I certainly don't think the Big Ten would be shy about, you know, letting its teams play on Week 0 if they have that opportunity. Parker, just the Huskers getting the chance to play in Week 0 this year against Illinois and sounds like most likely next year against Northwestern. That, that Week 0 matchup is the opening weekend of college football, really, and it's a great national draw. Does this kind of show that Nebraska still does have relevancy in the national sports media landscape despite what their record has said in the past five years? Yeah, sure. I think if you look at ticket sales and, and, and television ratings, you know, that that holds true. Um, and, and so, you know, when you're – 
there's a reason why, you know, the Anthony Travel and the Aerolingus people, you know, like why they wanted uh, Nebraska to play in in this game, and it's it's because they knew that uh, Nebraska fans would would travel to Ireland. Obviously, you know, it, it was on the books before the pandemic hit, but um, ticket sales were strong. I mean, the, you know, the one of the interesting things about this is, you know, like I said, that Notre Dame was supposed to play there this year, and so I, I think I saw um, a quote from a couple of months ago when the game got canceled that, you know, they want to get Notre Dame back over there as fast as possible too. And I, part of the reason why I think that they'd like to get Nebraska in this game in 2022, you know, is because the Notre Dame is not going to be able to play in that game uh, in, in 2022 because they open week one at Ohio state. And obviously mm-hmm. that's, that game's not getting moved. That's a ma- massive game uh, in week one. You would not want to go to Ireland and come back and, you know, six days later uh, play at Ohio State. And so my suspicion is is that the organizers of this game would like Nebraska to play in, in 2022 and then Notre Dame in 2023. So we'll see how, how exactly it plays out. But um, if I were a betting man, I would think that that's the – I would hope – I think that that's what they're hoping uh, it looks like over the next few years. Talking with Parker Gabriel here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Parker, I'm with you. I think this shows the Nebraska brand is maybe not as strong as ever, but it is still strong. However, um, we also have the news uh, from this past weekend of uh, the two Omaha recruits, Deshaun Woods and Devin Jackson, um, both indicating that most likely they're not going to be coming to Nebraska as Nebraska has not been included in their top five. I haven't gotten a chance to talk to you since that news broke. it isn't necessarily a surprise, um, but what does it tell you about Scott Frost and, and his staff's ability to recruit within the state of Nebraska? Well, just that, you know, there's work to do. I, I think there's always going to be work to do, and I, I don't want to minimize it. Like, it's, it's not good, and if they miss on the top four, um, that's certainly not what you want. Um, but I also, you know, you're not going to bat a 1,000, and I think that you can hold uh, Nebraska to a high standard in terms of how they recruit in state. Um, and also know that they're not going to get everybody. And I think until, you know, winning matters in this conversation. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Now, you can win a lot, and there's still going to be some kids who at the end of the day decide they want to go do something else or they're particularly drawn to another program or whatever. But um, I think, you know, more concerning than – Devin Jackson or Deshaun Woods, who are both, I mean, I really like both of them. I mean, they're both really talented players in their own right. Um, I've talked to each of them multiple times. I, I think they're, you know, really impressive young guys. More, more, more concerning than any one single player is just that, you know, Nebraska's landed, I think it's 13 out of 16 players from the state that they've offered scholarships to since Scott Frost got hired. Now, two of the three they've missed on are – in this past recruiting cycle, Avante Dickerson and Keegan Johnson. Now you're talking about, you know, two more guys, maybe up to four guys, the top four, but let's not like, let's not just call those guys, those recruitments over before they even play out. I mean, there's, there's 10 months left in the cycle. Caden Helms, who's obviously really talented tight end at Bellevue West has said, you know, he's open to everybody at this point. Uh, and so, you know, let's see where it goes this cycle, but um, certainly, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I draw any huge conclusions from it, but obviously it's concerning, you know, when you miss guys that you want that are right in your backyard. 
Parker, we discussed a little bit last segment um, Nebraska's need for a program changer. We had Pete call in and say he doesn't think that Nebraska needs some sort of program-changing player to, to change the fortunes. Um, but my view on this is to be able to, to change these in-state recruiting fortunes, uh, to be able to get these guys, you got to start winning games. And to do that, you got to have somebody who's a, a three- or four-star guy kind of exceed his expectations coming into the program. Uh, and be a guy that can get you some wins. Um, Andy Staples had, uh, wrote an article kind of uh, comparing guys like Reggie Bush, uh, C.J. Spiller to, to this program-changing mold. Do you think that that's something that Nebraska needs, or they just need to be cleaner, turn the ball over less, get less penalties, and get the wins uh, the old-fashioned way? Yeah, I think both would be great. I mean, <laughs> you know, one one-star player in football, I mean, a quarterback, you know, you can have a quarterback where, you know, sort of the, the lift-all-boats theory, you know, like a, a great quarterback can make players around him better. But a, at a program like Nebraska, I mean, you're always going to have to rely on developing your guys. I mean, you know, but if you look around the the, the Big Ten, for example, or if you look around, like, like take Iowa State, are they, are they where they're at because um, they've developed their players well and – um, you know, sort of become a solid program under Matt Campbell? Or is it because they found a three-star running back in Brees Hall who turned into a Bill Walker candidate and one of the very best running backs in the country? I mean, I think it's both, right? Mm. Like that. So you need, um, you know, Wisconsin is a really solid program, and then they've also had some, you know, tailbacks who you would call uh, – program changers are certainly program makers, you know, the Melvin Gordons and Jonathan Taylors of the world. So like, I, I think it's both. I never think it's just going to be one or the other. Um, and the thing that you've got to do is you've got to turn your, your guys who aren't the Turner Corcoran or the Thomas Fedoni of your recruiting class into all big 10 type players. Um, not everybody can be first team all big 10, but you need multi-year contributors. You need, guys who develop and then turn into good players as redshirt juniors after being, you know, working their way up the ranks for, you know, two, three, four years. And then you need some guys, um, you know, who can break games open on both sides of the ball. And so, um, you know, we'll see. I actually think Nebraska is probably a little further along in the development process they are, than they are in the, you know, finding game breaker process. But, um, you know, you find one or two guys who can who can really go, um, and you know, then the depth that you've started to build, then the sort of talent base that you started to build um, shows through a lot more clearly. Talking with Parker Gabriel, the Lincoln Journal star. Uh, Parker, we're all out of time today, but appreciate the time, bud. Yep, have a good weekend. You too. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Those are the ways you can get uh, connected with the show today. If you've got any thoughts, please give us a call, 402-466-3776 or 1-800-825-5865. You can also tweet at Damon or me. Uh, at Herbal Essences for me, Elijah Herbal, or at Damon Barr for Damon Barr. Or conversely, you can uh, tweet at ESPN Lincoln. Uh, we are also checking ESPN Lincoln uh, throughout the show 
and we'll get back to you with any thoughts you may have. Uh, you could email Chris at HailVarsity.com, but that, that's that's the one that's in the uh, in the intro there. But he's in Arizona. I don't think he's going to be passing any messages along to us. But uh, if you got something for him, if, if you if you want to tell him how, how great a, a job I'm doing, how great Damon and I are doing this weekend, uh, maybe get me a, a pay bump, feel free to do so. <laughs> that can't backfire at all. No, definitely not. Uh, excited now to get into a little Husker basketball. As the Huskers tonight going to be getting their second chance at Illinois after falling just short uh, about two weeks ago. And uh, this one coming up tonight, 6 o'clock, Big Ten Network is how you'll watch it. I'm looking forward to it um, because as was mentioned on the show yesterday, what was really nice about that game Tuesday night against Penn State was even though the Huskers couldn't get it done. What a heartbreaker. But I think you could admit it was fun to watch. I mean, I I had to go to uh, to go do my uh, my bowling beer league, uh, and that one started at nine, and the game got done a little after nine p.m. And I was like late to bowling because I couldn't leave my TV at home because this game was close. Teddy Allen's popping off; uh, he's about to set the school record for points. I'm like, how could I leave my TV right now? So I had to uh, flip it on the radio on the way over to bowling, and it still wasn't over the time I got there. And it, it was stressful because it was the first time this season where I legitimately thought I don't want to miss a minute of this game. I mean, the offense just clicked. It, yeah. it just it just worked. And Teddy Allen did what he was supposed to do in this offense. That was get buckets when nobody else could. Tonight, they face a much, much steeper task going up against Illinois. Nebraska, coming off a heartbreaker. Expended a lot of energy staying in that game the last two minutes. A lot of energy on defense last ten minutes. And you're getting Illinois, who is coming off a shot. Terrible, terrible loss to Michigan State. I mean, it happens in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's competitive. Not, not that it's any slight against Illinois they lost that game. That's just how the Big Ten goes. You, you lose games to teams that really you're better than. That's how Nebraska almost beat Illinois two weeks ago. Thing is, is Illinois now knows this is what Nebraska does. They can play it close with us. And now we just lost. We're mad. So as a Nebraska basketball fan, I'm concerned. But there is reason for optimism, if you want to say that. Uh, when you look across the way at Illinois, as they're going to be playing without their best player tonight, Iota Sunmo. Mentioned the first segment, might not be the most dominant player on their team, but he is the best. Kofi Coburn, I think he's going to have his way in the post tonight again. Really, The only person who uh, could kind of stop him last game was Derek Walker. Derek Walker played pretty good defense on him, but found himself in foul trouble. And... It wasn't the sexiest game I've seen Kofi Coburn play, but he still had, I think, 20 points, 14 rebounds, something like that. Don't have the stats pull up in front of me, but it was still a solid game. Now he's going to be the focus of Illinois. The question is, is can anybody on Nebraska, can any two guys on Nebraska, is it going to take triple teams? Can any three guys on Nebraska stop Kofi Coburn? Because you don't have to worry about Desunmo anymore. And I don't want to act like there's not any other good players on Illinois. It's not a two-man show. They have a very good team. But Io DeSunmo and Kofi Coburn are two NBA-quality guys. Those are two guys that, assuming they declare for the draft this year, which I think both of them will, they're both going to be on an NBA roster next year. So, with all that in mind, my optimism level for Nebraska is, uh... It's So you're saying there's a dubious. chance here. It, it's, there's that, that deep hope deep within me. Hey, maybe Nebraska, maybe we can catch Illinois. They just had a bad game. Maybe they make it two. I don't think so. But maybe. 
a very disheartening thing i think that kind of prevents me from gaining all that much hope was um a trend i saw against penn state that allowed them to stay one step ahead of us and that was kind of a little bit of the huskers perimeter defense Mm -hmm. i know we talked about the lack of a big man i think when andre is developed and has a few like a year under his belt he can do really great things for us but even at the perimeters i can't remember the duo's name the penn state that was firing three balls off all night but every time the Huskers uh, went down and scored, they'd answer right back with a three of their own and always kept a narrow lead. And I, I, I just worry about uh, – I, I think the Huskers do play great defense. They play um, tough defense. They, they just do. But they, they still have issues with – and especially offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. They, they give those up like free candy. It, so. it, it, I, I haven't seen the, the Huskers put together a, a stretch of – if they're playing good defense or playing good offense, it feels like they're always either they're sacrificing their offense to play good defense or they're sacrificing their defense to play good offense. Or maybe they're doing well on both and they're just terrible in rebounding. And it's, it's not easy to do in the Big Ten to be able to tile those things together, but it's what you got to do to have success. And, and they did it at times uh, against Illinois the first time around. But now you got three games in six days. This is the third one in six days, I should say. And you already had issues with guys getting tired and not giving full effort on defense against Penn State. I mean, you allowed 86 points in regulation. You don't even have to look at the film to know you probably weren't giving full effort on defense. And and where's Banton been? I mean, only played 12 minutes last game. He, he's had what was I, I read a stat line like six points in the last two games, or was it four points? Something like that. Well, but, I think my key for this game tonight, in addition to stopping Kofi, which is just obvious is you got to have the starters step up you, you can't have it be I mean you've had Thor coming off the bench putting in really solid minutes um, a couple of games ago, you had Kobe Webster come off the bench putting in super solid minutes good shift you have Eduardo Andre coming off the bench putting in solid minutes just about every single time I see him why can't we get this starting five to put together a whole game of good minutes I'm talking Delano Banton Teddy Allen uh, Trey McGowan's uh, Lotman and Derek Walker I don't think we've had a game where all five of those guys have clicked. And I don't think Nebraska beats Illinois tonight unless you have a game where all five of those guys click. Teddy can't be the only scorer. Teddy can't be the only scorer. If we want to succeed. Latmayan cannot be the only guy who's hitting from three. Trey McGowan's can't be the only guy playing defense. Derek Walker can't be the only guy rebounding. This is positionless basketball in the Fred Hoiberg system. All five guys should be rebounding. All five guys should be able to shoot the ball from three. Obviously, the talent isn't there yet. Derek Walker, not a three-point shooter, but in the ideal Fred Hoiberg world, he would be able to get, step out to the three-point line and knock down a three-pointer. Until you have that true positionless basketball, Nebraska basketball isn't going to be a true threat in the Big Ten, but they're getting there. And uh, they got a big test night against Illinois. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Damon Barr wrapping up hour one here, but we still have a full hour coming up. You just heard Parker Gabriel. He was on about 20 minutes ago. Um, we still having some issues with the ESPN Lincoln getting those interviews posted. Might be a little delay, um, but they will still be up sometime either during the show, late in the show, or shortly following the show. All those interviews will be available. Parker was great. Coming up next hour, Brandon Vogel, Andy Markowski, and the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke, coming in with Burke's best bets. All that coming up next hour. But again, 
also available in podcast form, ESPNLincoln.com. You can listen to the full podcast, HailVarsity.com, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite streaming service. Really fast, I want to remind you about our... Uh, let's see. Lost my train of thought completely there. Here we go. Going to uh, remind you that there are uh, nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing their seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. So remember, your best defense in any crash, buckle up. It's a message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. Had to make sure to really give that some suspense um, so that people knew how important it truly is. Keep you on the edge of your seat during that live read. And speaking of suspense, it's been a suspenseful day for Seattle Seahawks fans. Russell Wilson was unhappy and then maybe he's not unhappy and maybe he wants a trade and maybe he just wants a trade to one of these four teams. It's, it's been confusing news, um, but the, the news broke um, this morning that Russell Wilson had requested a trade from the Seahawks. Uh, his preferred landing spots were the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. Adam Schefter later uh, amended this report and said uh, that Russell Wilson has told the Seahawks that he wants to play in Seattle. Um, but if the Seahawks are considering a trade, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. Uh, that's according to his agent, Mark Rogers. Um, kind of weird smokescreen feeling in that if I'm the Seahawks, you'd think you'd want to keep Russell Wilson at all costs. But uh, this has just shown us this offseason that if you have a star quarterback, you got to build a team around your star quarterback or they're going to hit the road. When's the last time you saw someone say, no, I don't want to trade, but what if? I want to go here and here if I would. Like it, It's very odd to me, the whole situation. It's it's very ultimatum-y feeling to me from Russell Wilson. It's like, I want to play in Seattle, but if you guys don't want me, if you guys don't want to value me, send me to somebody that will value me, like the Bears or the Cowboys or the Saints. And that, that's, that's the feel I'm getting from this. Um, and then we also had a tweet from Corderell Patterson doing a little peer-to-peer recruiting, he changed his profile picture on Twitter uh, to a picture of him and Russell Wilson. Um, Bears fans are absolutely loving it. They obviously want an upgrade from Mitchell Trubisky, and why wouldn't you? Uh, Russell Wilson, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. And it's just incredible that this offseason, it's not often that you get one of the top five quarterbacks in the league available um, if a team were to want him, let alone two. Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson both seemingly available, dare I say it? And we don't know... The Seahawks interest true or the, the true interest level in the Seahawks to trade Russell Wilson. But this this news wouldn't be where there's smoke, there's fire. Somebody's unhappy. Either the Seahawks are unhappy with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is unhappy with how the Seahawks are treating him and he wants to trade. But where there's smoke, there's fire. And if, if your NFL team needs a quarterback, you got some options. Especially if you're a Cowboys fan, a Bears fan, a Saints fan. Um just Wacky, wacky NFL offseason. Um, but it just goes to show you, you got to treat your superstar like a superstar. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
It's not Chris Schmidt, it's Elijah Herbal taking you through a Thursday on Hale Varsity Radio. I'm alongside Damon Barr. You can tweet at us, get connected with us at Herbal Essences for me, at Damon Barr for Damon. And uh, you can get connected with this next guest on Twitter. Uh, it's Brandon Vogel. Find him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity Magazine, author of Dream Like a Champion. Brandon, it's, uh, it's good to talk to you today. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Oh, you know, um, enjoying our chance to, to make this show the way we want it with Chris gone. Yeah, it's good to get out of the get out from under the oppressive thumb of Schmitty. Hope he's enjoying the, the sunshine. Yeah, just but, just a real you know. dictatorship over here at Hale Varsity Radio most days. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It is. It is. But, Brandon, we had some disappointing news today, and that was with the Husker volleyball team. Uh, they came off that weekend split with Minnesota, and you thought, uh, well, now you got the number one batters coming to town. You got your test against the, uh, the Golden Gophers, and now you get your real test against the number one team in the country, but that's now been postponed. Yeah, really, really disappointing for, for me personally because I was, I was quite looking forward to those those two matches against the, the top ranked Gophers. I, I, I was looking forward to last week too, because, you know, Nebraska with just the way the schedule broke out kind of got, you know, there's, there's a hierarchy in volleyball. It's probably even more of a strict hierarchy than even football in terms of, you know, power programs and non-power programs. And we know where Nebraska falls in that. Um, so they kind of got things done against teams. They, they should have beaten and, got your first real challenge against Minnesota and it was kind of a, a fascinating two game two game swing there where they really played they just didn't play very clean in, in the first night against Minnesota and lost and then come back came back and steamrolled the number five team in the country. So so I was real interested to see going on the road against Wisconsin, a team that swept Nebraska all three times last year, which doesn't happen ever. Um, and, and now we're going to have to wait for that. So, so hopefully they are able to to make up those matches between those two teams. Because, man, I thought we were going to learn a ton about Nebraska volleyball over the Friday Saturday swing. Yeah, I sure hope they find a way to make it up. And when I think of the Big Ten, I don't want to assume they're going to do anything because you never know what the Big Ten's thinking. But when you have such a premier matchup like that, you'd hope they could at least get one of those those matches uh, made up and played. Uh, especially whenever you think of the, the implications for NCAA tournament seeding and what have you. Um, so assuming that this game or these matches do get made up, do you think the advantage might swing back maybe towards uh, Wisconsin? Because Nebraska kind of had a warm-up series, in essence, against Minnesota. Yeah, it, it could, depending on, on when it happens. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when, when Nebraska when Nebraska lost in the way that they lost to Minnesota last Friday, where just kind of looked bizarrely out of sorts for a program that we've kind of come to expect to be firing off on all cylinders um, and, and just looking sharp the vast majority of the time. I was like, well, that's strange. But I actually, I actually expected Nebraska to come back and play well. Now, I didn't expect them to just steamroll Minnesota the way that they did on Sunday. So I came out of last week when they, when they split at home against the number five team in the country pretty encouraged. I was like, okay, they, they kind of took their first, you know, punch on the chin with, with that first loss of the year and really, really responded. And now you've got this team that 
is number one in the in the country has been kind of cruising along, and also you have the, the motivation of hey, they really took care of you guys last time out, uh, last time out being a year ago. So I think moving that because um, at, at this point you're looking for open dates that match up potentially with with the way the Big Ten has scheduled things. So do they change that? You know, do do Nebraska and Minnesota play on a on a Tuesday, Wednesday now to try and get that in. So, so I think you're right. I think um, just being on the road and, and just being the team that I guess would be the quote unquote underdog, although it's pretty even, uh, it probably does favor the, the favorite, which in this case is Wisconsin. Really, at, at the end of the day, though, when you see this Nebraska volleyball team, you kind of assume every single year that they're going to make it to the NCAA tournament, uh, and they got to you know, kind of just warm up with their regular season, if you follow what I'm saying. Um, and now you look at the rest of their schedule, and they don't have a single ranked opponent left uh, in their schedule. So not playing Wisconsin, could it hurt their experience level heading into the NCAA tournament come April? Maybe. Um, I, I think it's, I think you want to test yourself against opponents like that. And I think, you know, the telling thing is, is in a normal year where Nebraska is able to, to put together a non-conference schedule, who do they schedule? Well, they play locally and, you know, they host, they host a tournament or two. But what they also do is schedule Stanford. And they, they want to get those matches under their belt. They want to go out and play that caliber of opponent because – they achieve at such a high level that you know you're going to have to be able to beat teams like this. Um, it, it's part of why when they lost to Minnesota a week ago, uh, I was like, you know what? I don't think Coach Cook is worried about that at all, and that was just me projecting. I'm like, he, he wants them to be tested, and he wants to see how they respond to those. So if, if Nebraska and Minnesota don't end up getting to play in the Big Ten regular season, and then there's this whole other thing, like Nebraska is not in danger of, not making the NCAA tournament at this point, but you just you don't have those reference points. You know, there's no RPI. You don't have any of those kind of matches to go out and it, it might affect seeding for the NCAA tournament as as much as anything. I mean, I think Nebraska, if this thing goes the way we expect it to, is is pretty safely in the NCAA tournament. But what's their seed when you're like, well, they split with Minnesota? You still got Ohio State. Ohio State remains undefeated. Um, so, so that'll be interesting. Illinois remains a good team. Like you'll play a pretty good strength schedule no matter what, but you just really like to have these kind of direct comparisons to see how Minnesota or see how Wisconsin and Nebraska stack up. Yeah, you're right. There, there aren't many easy matches in the big 10, uh, but Brandon, I, I want to switch gears here to football. Um, we got some news today uh, from the Journal Star. Uh, they're reporting from sources uh, that Nebraska and Northwestern, uh, they're working through the details to get them to play in 2022 in Ireland, replacing that 2021 matchup uh, with Illinois in uh, Dublin. Just initial thoughts uh, on the news that the Huskers could be playing Northwestern uh, in Dublin come 2022. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's interesting because... I'm I'm all for Nebraska getting that game. I'm all for Nebraska getting those kind of games. Do you want it to be against Northwestern, who's just kind of a bear to beat no matter where? And particularly when you consider the the history in the Big Ten since Nebraska joined between those two, where everything's nip-tuck, every game's kind of a a, a dogfight. They're all close. Um, Now we're just going to move the whole show to to Ireland. Um, But – so it goes. I mean, I think 
you put the value of being able to play a game like that in a unique setting um, ahead of everything else. So overall, like if that's if that's what it takes to do it, um, I, I'm still for it. But just from a, a sideline view, the the idea of playing Illinois over there and dealing with the travel, dealing with the different schedule, all of that stuff. Sure, sure seems like a, a, a lot more of a appealing menu, I think, than, than playing Northwestern, where it's like, you know, and, and the Big Ten has a couple of those teams, and, and Northwestern is definitely one of them, where you're like, oh, man, this is just going to be, this is going to be hard. Like, beating these guys is hard, and, and you don't get enough credit for it when you do, um, and you probably get too much blame when you don't, because of just the way that they play football, they're really, really sound. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio, and Brandon, uh, kind of kind of a, a doomsday question here, but but what what do you think is worse, a loss in Dublin to Illinois or a loss in Dublin to Northwestern? I I, I mean I, I I think I'd rather take a loss against Northwestern than Illinois, and and you never know what could happen. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. I I, I would agree with you on on that front. Um, because I mean, Northwestern's just consistently been better, and kind of for for a lot of the reasons that I just mentioned. Even if you know, it, 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 it's hard because Northwestern I think gets a fair amount of credit, but it still seems like less credit, at least to me, than they consistently deserve. I mean, you go back to pre-Nebraska's entry into the Big Ten in 2011, and Pat Fitzgerald, you know, was still there at that point, and, and they had a good run under long, you know, frequent guest of the show in one of my favorite interviews weekly, Gary Barnett. Um, so I'm not trying to discount what they do, but, like, you know, Northwestern and Illinois, if you go back to 2003 or so, like, you'd kind of put them in the same category. And now it's definitely different. Like now, you you'd put Northwestern in a tier above above Illinois. So I think you're right on that. Like that might be the silver lining. If you're gonna go over there, if you're gonna disrupt your entire routine um, to play a football game that you very well could lose, um, probably better to do it against Northwestern than Illinois. Brandon, we had a uh, a tweet earlier from Sam McEwen. Uh, he was asking his followers to rank the five worst losses uh, of Nebraska the past five years, not based on points, not based on how many points the Huskers lost by, um, but just based on, oh, that's like the eye test. That's a bad loss. And, and while I do also want to hear your opinion on this, maybe not top five, but a, a top couple, um, what a loss to Illinois in week zero against I mean, a first-year head coach, these guys have a, a week less of practice. If Nebraska didn't play that in Dublin and lost, would that go straight to the top of the list? Yeah, if, if anything, like at least being in Dublin might decrease the, the difficulty, like the, the hard-to-swallow-ness of that by about 5%. Like now, you've just got to go like <laughs> – Losing to Illinois, given where Nebraska has been for the past three, four, five years, however long back you want to look, and yes, I know Brett Bielema is there now, and and that changes things a little bit, just a little bit for me personally. This Nebraska team in 2021 can't can't afford to lose to Illinois. Like that's just that's just how it is. So. in, in some ways, the, the challenge remains the same. I mean, that's that's a good question. Going back five years for the five worst losses, like 
I mean, the, the one that jumps immediately to mind for me and is no doubt included is this year's Illinois game. Mm. Um, like just how they lost that. Uh, it doesn't even matter about the margin, but how they lost, like what it meant, where we thought Nebraska was going into that game and where we thought it was coming out. Like that's, that's definitely in the top five and it, and it might have a pretty strong case for being in the top one or two. Brent, I think back to that 2017 year, and what you're saying is great with like the where you think Nebraska is. I think a lot of fans realized where Nebraska was with a loss at home to Northern Illinois, followed up with a loss at home to Troy, and oh, to cap it off, Ohio State beats you by 60 points in October, and they don't even punt. Three really bad losses in 2017. Yeah, yeah, that, that 2017 Ohio State game was about as complete a domination as well, certainly that I've covered in person, but just that I can recall even watching the entire game from start to finish. And I try to watch as many college football games as I can. So, so that's definitely in there. In fact, that's probably the runaway favorite to be number one for me now that you brought it up because that was such an utter destruction. Like you said, you know, they don't punt. Like it was just, it was, it was like watching. They, they did whatever they wanted to. And, and that's not supposed to happen in a Big Ten football game. I don't care who you're playing. I think I've said this on the show before, but that was the only Husker football game I have ever left in the third quarter. And it wasn't that cold. It wasn't rainy or anything like that. It was just so depressing to watch. I remember walking out of the stadium, and I heard the loudest cheer of all time. It turns out we had, uh, I think, taken a punt like 20 or 30 yards. or no, Not punt, an interception or something like that, 20 or 30 yards. I don't remember. Um, that game was terrible, and I try to, to force it out of my memory. But, I mean, lo- leaving a game in the third quarter, have you ever done that? No. So the equivalent for me would be – so So the other thing about that 2017 game, which it falls outside of the, the five-year purview, is it came on the heels of 2016 when, you know, Nebraska started out, I think, 8-0 and then lost Wisconsin in overtime and then went on the road and looked like they totally didn't belong against Ohio State. So really you had eight quarters against Ohio State where Nebraska just looked like they didn't belong on the same field. And, like, I chart. I have my own weird, like, chart where I'm taking down, like, five different pieces of information on every single play. And I, and I do that, and I, I do that in blowouts, whether it's, you know, Nebraska hammering a FCS team or – in this case, Ohio State hammering Nebraska. And both of those Ohio State games, I just closed my notebook at halftime. I was like, there's like you can't take anything from <laughs> from the last thirty minutes of this game. So that is the equivalent of, of leaving in the third quarter for me. Talking with Brandon Vogel here on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Brandon, last thought here, about 30 seconds left. Husker basketball tonight against Illinois. It's their second chance at him if they almost got it done the first time. Uh, just I don't want to ask if you think the Huskers are going to win, but do you think they have a chance to get Illinois this time, or is Illinois going to come out firing uh, after they uh, they almost lost it to the Huskers the first time around? Yeah, with with such a disparity between the two, I, I feel like, and, and with those games coming so close together, it, it feels like you get one shot at that when you're the team that's in Nebraska's spot, and, and maybe they'll they'll prove me wrong. Like I think they're. They're playing a little bit better of late. Um, they continue to do some good things. They're just not nearly consistent enough. And at, at some point, the superior talent of Illinois 
takes over. So if, if they come out today and play Illinois as close as they did the last time out, I will be super impressed. That's probably the best way to put it. You can find him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Brandon, we'll talk to you Saturday morning, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff there from Brandon Vogel. Talked to some Husker volleyball as well as Husker football. Maybe making the trip to Dublin in 2022. That interview can be posted shortly on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page as well as ESPNLincoln.com. Damon says he does not care about technical difficulties and he will get those things up no matter what. That is the true sign of a champion working through the adversity. Excited now to uh, switch gears and talk a little Husker basketball with the pride of Ord. That is Andy Markowski. Andy, uh, I know your pious girls, though, have a pretty big game coming up tonight, right? They do. I'm actually uh, in the parking lot of uh, Bishop uh, Flavin Gym uh, waiting to go in. So uh, it's a 6 630 tip against uh, the number seventh ranked team in the Class A girl, Bellevue West. It uh, should be a fun matchup, but your Pious Girls team, I don't want to discount them. I saw, was it last week, they beat Grand Island 60-4? to Is is my scoreline correct there? Yeah, you know, Grand Island, uh, you know, is, is struggling a little bit. Um, so we uh, we did, and uh, our top seven actually only played a half. We didn't even start them in the second half, so that kind of tells you, uh, you know, the state of, of Grand Island girls basketball, but... We haven't had a lot of, of great games the last three weeks, so so hopefully that doesn't bite us uh, tonight. And, and obviously Tuesday uh, is the first round of state uh, with the new five day format, so uh, we don't have a lot of a lot of time from tonight to, to Tuesday. Obviously, Pius one of the favorites in uh, Class A uh, in the girls basketball, and man, Lincoln has just been putting out some great schools uh, in the state tournament. You had East win it a couple years ago. Pius has been good, uh, and your team is, I mean. One of the top three, I believe, according to the the Journal Star in the Class A rankings, correct? Yeah, we've uh, fortunate for us. We we've been kind of uh, number one uh, all season uh, after the state championship mm-hmm. a, a year ago. Uh, but there's, you know, certainly uh, not only good basketball in Lincoln, but but good good girls basketball in Class A. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the first round of districts Tuesday night, you know, kind of proved that um, you know if you don't play well, uh, you you can lose. So. Um, Interesting night tonight. Looking at uh, the the seven district scores, and, and then obviously the state tournament next week. I think will be pretty wide open. Talking with Andy Markowski here on Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, switching gears now to Husker basketball. Want to first off wish uh, you and your girls all the luck tonight. As looking to take home the district crown. But when you look at Husker basketball, they also have a, a pretty big game tonight. Uh, if you can say that, because it's Illinois, one of the top. 10 teams in the country, and you almost got them last time around. Um, and Huskers tonight looking to, to take on that challenge. What are your thoughts just initially on the game tonight? Big overview look. Well, well, certainly Illinois is uh, an extremely you know, talented top uh, you know, five team uh, you know, most, most of the season. Um, you know, Nebraska is catching a, a little bit of break with AO uh, you know, being out with, uh, with a broken nose. You know, he had 31 against Nebraska uh, at home, but you know, on if you look at the games Nebraska has played over the last, you know, three weeks, uh, as they tend to play every uh, every other night with their with their missed time due to, to COVID, that was probably the best that Nebraska had had played. And you know, unfortunately, just just couldn't you know get the game to the to the finish line. So you know, I'll be anxious uh, tonight just to 
to see if, if they can continually uh, compete. Um, you know, I, I feel like the, the group has played hard. I think they're getting better. Um, they still find ways to lose games uh, versus ways to, to win games, and I, I think you have to, you know, you have to overcome that with success. And mm-hmm. and, and kids have to, to learn how to win. And, and I think um, this group doesn't know how to win right now, and, and I think that has been a frustrating point to Fred. But the, the fact that they're still playing hard and competing, and they've been they've been at the majority of of the Big Ten games. I mean, even the, the 10, 12, 14 point losses. Uh, you know, you look late middle of the second half, they've still been in those games and, and they just have a, a scoring drought or they turn over a bunch and that's kind of their demise. And, you know, there's, there's four or five games left uh, against really good teams and, and, and hopefully it starts tonight with another, you know, real, really difficult game in Illinois, but a game, you know, that, that we can, you know, we should be in. I haven't played them two weeks ago with, with a, at least a chance to, to be competitive down to the end. Andy, when you look at Teddy Allen's performance from Tuesday night, putting up one of the best individual performances in Nebraska basketball history, 41 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Uh, he was just a, a human flamethrower on Tuesday night. Um, but f- first, before we get into just if that game can translate into Illinois tonight, um, first off, what was your reaction to that? I mean, being one of the best performances. But then uh, in college basketball, you usually don't get these quick turnaround games like this. So does that make it easier for a guy with a hot hand to keep that hot hand rolling? You know, I don't know uh, if, if, if it carries over uh, from like a shooting performance. Certainly confidence is a, is a big part of athletics, and, and, you know, that should help, you know, Teddy's, Teddy's confidence. But I'll give Teddy credit. I, I thought when he got sat down at Minnesota, um, you know, roughly two weeks ago, I thought that might be the beginning of the end. You know, sometimes that that signals uh, there, there's some there's a disconnect uh, in, in maybe expectations or communication. Uh, but he's really responded well. I, I um, you know, sometimes Teddy is frustrating to watch because he the ball kind of stops with him, and he he, he he's so confident he thinks he can he can drive and score against anybody. But if you look at his efficiency since since he was benched and, and didn't play that game. His field goal percentage up, his assists are up, his turnovers are down. You know, all real positive stats for for Teddy. And you know, I, I certainly think this team needs a a go-to scorer, and and, and Teddy proved that the other night. And I, I think they're going to need him to continually play well if they're going to try to win. You know, hopefully, you know, maybe two out of these next five games, I think, is a realistic uh, target for this team to to, to be viewed as a, a successful finish of the season. Andy, have you read a, a 41-point outing? I have not. That's, that's <laughs> about three games for me. So, um, But, yeah, you, you, uh, it, it, it's hard to score 20 points in, in college. 30 is rare. Um, you know, 40 is, is – it takes special talent to, to cross that threshold. And, you know, you look around college basketball, it's, it's probably less than 10 players this year have probably crossed that 40-point uh, mark. Talking with Andy Markowski here on Hale Varsity Radio. He's the pride of Ord, former Husker basketball standout. Andy, back to this Illinois game tonight. I always hear in football, people say it's tough to beat a team twice. If you play a team in the regular season, you see them again in the postseason. Uh, they then have the film on you. They, they've had the one game to, to play against you and see what game plan aspects worked, what didn't. And it can be really tough to beat that team again twice. Uh, does the same hold true in basketball um, with Nebraska getting so close against Illinois about two weeks ago? Yeah, I look at it the other way. I, I look at it if, if the other team beat you, it's you know, it's it's uh, you know, it probably tells you that they're 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 potentially better, right? So mm-hmm. I, 
I think it's almost the opposite. I, you know, I think that the, you know, other than Nebraska, you know, like you said, probably played their their best game, uh, and unfortunately, you know, came up short. But but basketball is about matchups. You know, certainly styles. Um, you know, coaching. Um, you know, coaching knowledge of of, of the opponent's uh, personnel. You know, how do your how does your team uh, match up when guarding the other team's best players? Um, you know, I thought Walker did a, a really good job on the inside. Uh, and, you know, kind of stayed out of foul trouble here at home um, as, as Illinois, uh, you know, is going to put tremendous amount of pressure on the lane, whether it be a, a dribble drive or, or, or throwing it on the block. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I certainly think, um, you know, teams can adjust, um, but, but Illinois at home, you know, having beat us, you know, already on the road, uh, you know, probably still has, has an advantage there. Andy, you, you have some experience playing uh, big man at, at Nebraska. Um, so when you're looking at the, the big men currently playing for Nebraska, I know this, the style of playing in the paint uh, has changed a little bit since you've played uh, college basketball. But w- when you watch these guys, what's your take on how they've developed throughout the year? I- I've been personally really impressed with uh, Eduardo Andre's development uh, just since non-conference play, even to the, the COVID shutdown to now. Uh, his developments looked pretty good to me. Uh, Derek Walker has also been just a, a breath of fresh air to this team. So so what do you make of the work that this coaching staff is doing developing these big men for the Huskers? Yeah, I, I like our, our, our t- overall talent. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, I think Walker has, has come in and, and offered um, some experience, you know, defensively, rim protection, blocking shots. Um, you know, he's a very good passer. And then I, I agree with you on Andre. I, I, I think from a kid that was not, you know, heavily recruited, that, that the staff kind of located, you know, late spring, um, haven't had a ton of time with them, right? I mean, COVID has, has certainly restricted uh, the amount of, of court time, you know, not only through through the summer, but the fall, and then, you know, having a three-week, uh, you know, break kind of in the middle of the season. But, um, you know, I think Andre is a, is, is a kid that can be really good in the Big Ten, and, and, and you need that. I mean, the Big Ten is, um, it, it, you have to be a pro, um, and you have to have pros to, to be successful uh, in this league. And, and I think Andre has a lot of the tools as he gets a little stronger, uh, gets a little more confidence, uh, you know, expands his, his game. Uh, offensively, um, you know, I think that's a, a building block that, you know, you put him, you know, as you're starting, you know, five uh, in year two of his career, year three, um, you know, that gives you a chance uh, to, to win that position in the Big Ten a lot of nights, and, and, and that's what Fred and his staff need. They, they need more talent at, at more positions uh, if they're going to compete in the top half of the league, and, and I think Andre will figure into that. Last thought here, Andy, before we let you go. Um, some people have been on the other side of things, disappointed in the uh, the development of Ivan Rodrago. Uh, he came in as a young kid, honestly, 17 years old, coming to Nebraska. And though he's made strides in the weight room physically, uh, even on the court, you can see it. He still, I don't think, has reached that, that next step that Husker basketball fans have expected. Um, but he is still young. Which, which side of the argument are you on? Do you think that uh, Eduardo, or sorry, excuse me, Ivan Rodrago still has room to grow? Or, or do you think that Maybe this he isn't the right guy for a Fred Hoiberg offense and a Fred Hoiberg team. Yeah, I, I sort of think he has a role. I mean, if you look at all all three of the posts, um, you know, Walker's is kind of a thin, athletic uh, defender. You know, I, I think um, Andre has the highest ceiling. Um, Ivan's probably the the strongest, right? The most physical in terms of you know he'll have to play tonight, dude, just to the the sheer size of, of Illinois' front line. 
Uh, I don't think he has the the the, the ceiling to to really uh, you know win you a lot of games if he's the starting you know center in in any Big Ten offense. Um, you know he is young. I think he'll improve. Uh, he has to find you know more ways to to, to score to to get a basket. You know it appears that he you know misses a few layups. Um, you know has okay hands. Um, outside of, of of scoring off of uh, an angle in the post and or uh, you know kind of an offensive rebound dunk, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to score against the best bigs in the Big Ten. But but you need you know any good team has three or four really good posts. So you know anytime that you start you know turning over posts to transfer, um, I think it it affects your 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 team uh, ability to be good because you have to you know have competitive practices so that takes four posts uh, foul trouble sprained ankle uh, you you need three or four posts that can go in and contribute in, into a a conference season so you know even though he's he's probably not um, you know the top two posts for Nebraska you know I, I do think uh, you've got to give him time and, and and let the coaches work with him and see if there's you know not a role that that he can play. Uh, in this team, because he is a big, strong, physical kid that that is still very young, and, and uh, you know, wait till he's twenty-one or twenty-two. Sometimes those kids surprise you. Andy Markowski, the pride of Ord, with Ord with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, good luck to you and your pious girls tonight. Awesome! Thanks for having me. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in is Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's 5.40 on a Thursday, so you know what that means. It's time to track down the pride of Chicago. That's Danny Burke. You hear him on the VSIN network out in Las Vegas as well as a couple different stations in Chicago. Danny, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, my man. Ready to talk some, uh, you know, a little bit of Nebraska college basketball. Got some plays in the NBA tonight, so we'll hit all over the board. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I got to say, though, with with just how this college basketball season has gone with Nebraska kind of being in the tubes, I, I haven't followed college basketball as, as a whole all that much. You're kind of in the same boat. It just It's just not the same without that fan energy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely an impact, and that's been a big adjustment, obviously, not only for college basketball, but really just the whole sports landscape. And you've kind of been able to adjust with some of the other sports. I mean, with the crowd noise implemented and you're getting some fans in depending on the sport. But, you know, college basketball really is that major sport where the atmosphere of the fans just enhances it way more. So, I mean, that's what gets the rivalry going. That's what makes it a home and road difference more so than a lot of other sports. So I hear you. I was kind of the same way, not even only because of the fans not being in there, but because of COVID in general. I mean, I didn't really know what this year was going to hold. So from a handicapping perspective, I thought it was going to be even difficult more so than years past. So that's why it's kind of stepped away a tad bit from college hoops. Hey, do you think that the, the lack of fans is actually impacting the, the end results of these games? You know, that's a good question, and I think that's something that we'll be able to answer at the end of the season fully and entirely and then kind of using it as a sample size next year, hopefully when we can get more fans in there. But, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, if anything – you know, it benefits those road teams, which is the obvious answer, right? I mean, home court advantage really is decreased. And it's kind of one of those things, maybe not necessarily in college basketball, but a sport like football or hockey, where it was slowly decreasing in terms of value on the point spread as it was, but even more so now. So that's going to be the big question. I mean, how do these players react next year who maybe this was their first year? They come back next year. They weren't used to the fans. I mean, so many of those issues are going to loom present, at least at the first half of the season. But 
As for this year, if anything, I think it just has that more of a straight-up feel. You know, you don't factor in the home and road unless it's consecutive games. So, if anything, it just really makes it more of an even-keel matchup. Well, Daniel, let's get into some games from tonight. We got some some big ones in the Big Ten. Uh, and the first one I want to start off with is Iowa at Michigan. It's a top-10 matchup. Uh, this one, Michigan, a five-point home favorite. Yeah, so I'm a little perplexed, honestly. I mean, look, I, I get that Iowa offensively is one of the most dominant teams in the country and Garza's going to win player of the year and all that. I understand it. But, look, their defense is atrocious, okay? Michigan's just an overall built team that's way more sound, especially more so than this Iowa team, right? And they're coming off a nice win uh, versus Ohio State on the road, actually, uh, on Sunday. So, look, Michigan, I think, has the advantage here. And I think you take advantage of this line being at five. And if you're afraid of that, Maybe hope that Iowa gets off to a hot start in in-game Michigan for a better side. But honestly, I think Michigan wins and covers the spot against Iowa just because of their lack of defense. Uh, another game I'm looking at tonight in the Big Ten is Ohio State and Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State, the four-point home underdog, but they did just come off that big win against Illinois. Yeah, and, and I kind of get the love for Michigan State, but they've been atrocious at covering the spread at home, which has been something fascinating to watch develop. But, look, Ohio State, I mean, you can't, you can't blame them for that loss against Michigan. I mean, that's just a good game. And, you know, whoever was going to come out on top wasn't going to surprise me regardless. So I think you take advantage of the relatively viral spot here with Ohio State. But, again, I think another angle would probably be to look in-game because I wouldn't be surprised if either Ohio State or Michigan State gets up to an early lead. And if it's with the case of Ohio State, you can get a lot better number, maybe double digits with Michigan State to take. Conversely, if Michigan State keeps it closer, gets off to a hot start, you could probably get Ohio State just to win outright. And that's the way I would look at that game. We'll circle back around to Nebraska and Illinois here in a second. Um, but I want to keep it in the, in the college sports world because we actually have some college football you can bet on this weekend. Uh, that's FCS. Uh, I saw one of the biggest lines I've ever seen with, with the James Madison game. I think it's like 34 and a half points. Um, are there any games in FCS you're looking at betting this weekend? You know, honestly, I haven't really gone into it too much. I'm going to have to study up a little bit more this weekend. And that's the fun thing, right? I mean, at least we have some football to look forward to. You know, if anything, if you're going to be betting it, I probably wouldn't mess with the spreads as much as the total because everybody's just trying to get acclimated and whatnot. And I'm sure it's going to be sloppy, especially defensively. So if I'm betting those, I haven't looked into it again, but maybe just go with a blind over because of the sloppiness. All right, Dave, we got a, a few minutes left here, so I want to get into Major League Baseball with, with spring training starting up. Uh, it, it seems a, like a good time to start betting some Major League futures. Uh, the ones I'm looking at are the AL winner and the NL winner. Uh, right now, the uh, Dodgers and Padres are the top two favorites uh, in the NL. And as for the AL, it's the Yankees and the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, you know, I like your Padres pick there. And honestly, you know, even more so with the Padres, I wouldn't mind taking a shot at them to win the division, right? I mean, you know, everybody in their grand is going to be betting the Dodgers in the spot. They just see all the players that they have and, and, you know, all the talent that's there. And I get it. And I get how dominant that pitching staff is going to be. But, you know, baseball is such a crazy sport and a walking sport. It's so long. I mean, you know, the consistency is so tough. Injuries can happen at any given moment. Lapses in your offense can happen. And especially, are we still sold on this Dodgers bullpen? I mean, Kenley Jansen really had his struggles these past couple years. So anything crazy can happen. I think the Padres have enough talent to not only compete with the Dodgers throughout the whole season, but, you know, arguably take the NL West. So you're getting them at 2-1 to because there's no chance I'm laying minus 250 with the Dodgers as being the favorite. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Padres give the Dodgers a run for their money. Uh, any other futures you're looking at in the major leagues? I always like looking at the AL and the NL MVP, and I see over in the AL that Mike Trout's just a huge favorite to win the MVP there. 
Yeah, you know, personally, I haven't really gone into anything with the individual player awards. I'll probably do that a little bit later on or mm-hmm. once the season starts at the beginning and you kind of get somewhat clear front runners. But another bet that I kind of like, I, I don't think we should be looking low on the Nationals here. I, I think everybody's kind of ignoring that they still have a talented team. I mean, Soto was out for a majority of this past season. That was obviously uh, the altered year because of COVID. But they're about 6-1 to one to win the division, and even more so, obviously, to win the pennant. But I think the Nationals can be a team you can look at to make a good run. I mean, they still have a solid starting pitching staff. The hitting can be there. And really, I mean, everybody's so infatuated with the Mets right now. Obviously, the Braves are at the top, but let's see what the Mets can do first, and don't forget about the Nationals. I think they can be an under-the-radar type of team. All right, Danny, it's time. Let's circle back around to Nebraska and Illinois. Uh, Illinois, currently a home 13-point favorite, but the Huskers gave them a pretty good run for their money last time. Yeah, they did, and that's the thing that you got to consider when betting this game, right? I mean, Illinois is not going to let that happen again, especially as we're nearing the end of the season here, so they know what's in store for them. They've already played this team on the road in overtime. You know how close it was. So I think Illinois comes out firing tonight. Obviously, Nebraska still has a lot to play for in terms of just pride and momentum going in to the conference tournament. And, and obviously next year, too, with some of these younger guys. But, look, I mean, against this Illinois team, there's just no way that I'm going to be betting against them, especially with this Nebraska team. So as ugly as it is, with the double-digit spread, if I had to bet it, I'd probably be looking at the fighting Illini. Danny, we've got about a minute left here. Let's get into your best bets of the weekend. Yeah, you know, i got a couple profits actually tonight in terms of the NBA. I'm looking to fade Chris Middleton tonight under 21.5 points. Last time they played the Pelicans, he only racked up 16. The majority of his shots are coming from mid-range, and he's hitting 47% of them, but... Look, the Pelicans allow opponents to shoot under 40% from mid-range, which is the fourth best in the league. So I think Middleton has a little bit more of a struggle tonight, like we saw the first go-around against the Pelicans. Plus, he's probably going to be matched up with Lonzo Ball, who's a really good defender. So that's one angle I'm looking at for props. Also, Kyle Anderson on the Grizzlies. Over 11.5 points, I got at plus 103. He's averaging 14 per game. He's gone over it in half the contest this season. He's a guy who thrives from mid-range, and they're going up against the Clippers, who defensively really aren't that sound. They allow opponents to shoot 44% from mid-range, which ranks 23rd. So give me the over on Kyle Anderson and the under on Chris Middleton. Good stuff, Danny. You can find Danny on Twitter at DannyBurke5. And Danny, if people want to get some betting advice from you, where can they watch you? Where can they find you? Yeah, so check us out on the Beeson uh, Sports Network app. You can download that. Go to Beeson.com, iHeartRadio. You can listen to us as well. So Beeson.com slash subscribe. My show, Rush Hour, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. That's Danny Burke on Hale Varsity Radio. We're brought to you by the Nebraska Lottery. We'll wind down a Thursday next with a, uh, a special guest. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity, and we say hi to Deb, the spa lady, home innovation spas. Deb, I'm on location in Arizona uh, scouting out uh, to have a, a home innovation spa delivered down to Joe Mama's pad in, in Arizona. You guys can do that, right? Well, yeah, we can. We'll make that happen. I know our delivery guys would love that. They, it's, they were delivering a... in the negative zero, <laughs> negative numbers, so that would be wonderful. 
Well, and uh, it's not far from Royal Spring Training, so we'll get him a beer and a dog, okay? So. Oh, they'd love it. Oh, boy. Yeah, that we wouldn't have to twist their arms. I know that. you got to come, too. Deb, the spa lady's with us. 20th <laughs> and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha. Spasonline.com. Deb, you had a home show, got things kicked off up in Omaha, and, man, no time like right now to get a spa picked up. That's right. It felt so good to get back to that. It had been a year since we had done any kind of show. So it was great. We had a great turnout. We sold a lot of hot tubs. Um, we, we feel like we're in the, in the swing of it again. We're getting truckloads in about every week to two weeks. And you need to come in, get your name on one of these spas, and then we'll get it delivered to you. I know the wait times are kind of long. They're long, longer than normal, but we can still get you a spa down the road. And let, let's get your name in and get it going. Deb, you've got the, the two-seater, the eight-seater, and the swim spa. And it's going to get nice and warm and going to stay that way here soon enough. And the swim spa makes sense, doesn't it? That's right. And, you know, a lot of people, they're, you know, getting ready to do projects in their backyard. Maybe they're going to totally redo the backyard. Well, you come in, pick out the spa, and then it'll be here, you know, hopefully in time for uh, the remodel job and we'll get it delivered. We do all the hard work, deliver it, set it up, always there after the sale, best prices, best customer service. And, uh, and why not? There's no reason not to. Three decades and counting. Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln. Go see her off Industrial Road in Omaha for Home Innovation Spas. Spasonline.com. And uh, go pick one out. And, and Deb, uh, the hours, uh, they're there for, for folks to use and come see you. 10 to 6, Monday through Friday, and 10 to 4 on Saturday. Deb, uh, I'll let you know where we can put that spa down in Arizona, all right? You you send me a diagram, and we'll figure it out. Deb, thanks so much. Uh-huh, thank you. Big thanks to a friend of the show there, Chris Schmidt, uh, for helping us out, uh, taking care of that little uh, two-minute uh, interview with Deb, the spa lady. Go check out Home Innovation Spas in Lincoln. Before we get out of here, I uh, want to remind you for our local listeners here on ESPN Lincoln that we got high school basketball coming up uh, after a quick break at the end of the show as Jeff Motes is out at Lincoln Southwest High School. He's all set for the game between the Lincoln Southwest girls basketball team and North Platte. Tip-off set for just a little bit after 6, so as soon as we get to the top of the hour, going to send it out to Jeff Motes standing by for the District A3 uh, championship that should be a good one I'll be sticking around here uh, producing that doing the halftime show so for our local listeners uh, you can catch that right at the completion of the show if uh, you're out in Cardi Hastings Grand Island you think North Platte and uh, Lincoln Southwest girls that sounds pretty intriguing you can find us ESPNLincoln.com and you can stream that one online I know Jeff is excited for that one I'm excited for it we're at a postseason basketball play here in Nebraska uh, and we're we'll be bringing you all that here on ESPN SP and Lincoln, and I know we'll be talking about it on Hale Varsity Radio. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.